So today we're celebrating the 15th Sunday of Ordinary Time, and we're also celebrating the 20th anniversary of Eucharistic Adoration here at St. Francis. I want to talk about both, so I'll start with, with uh, readings and then uh, we'll go into the Eucharistic uh, anniversary. So did you ever lose your wallet or purse in a grocery store or restaurant and return later to find that someone actually turned it in and nothing was missing? This experience can restore our hope in humanity and confirms that the human conscience still has the power to do what is right. And when we see even greater examples of the triumph of the conscience, it lifts up all humanity in the hope that good overcomes evil and truth overcomes falsehood. In today's first reading, Moses asked the people to obey the commandments and to live by the values that they protect. But he also points out that there is a corresponding law that everyone knows about and demands all of us to follow. He is speaking of our conscience, our inner sense where we are alone with God, whose voice echoes within us. Moses insists that this law is not beyond us, but written on every human heart for our observance. It's about the prompting we feel by the Holy Spirit to hand in a wallet or purse when we find it, to do good, to, do e to avoid evil, and to tell the truth and avoid lies. Our conscience affirms us when we do, have done good and disturbs us when we have done wrong. It prompts us towards what we ought to do and what we should avoid. Often, this takes us outside of our comfort zone and changes our plans. In that sense, there is no witness so terrible and no accuser so powerful as a lively conscience. In today's gospel, we hear about a man that followed his conscience, the Good Samaritan. When he came upon the injured man, he was moved with compassion when he saw him. He followed his conscience and he helped him. So why? Because it was the right thing to do, unlike the others as they walked away. They followed not their conscience, but their own plans, which we can easily do as well. The parable started when a lawyer asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus responded by telling the story of a man who fell and was attacked by robbers along the road to Jericho. So the road from Jerusalem to Jericho is narrow and has rocky terrain, so it's easy for robbers to wait for travelers. The traveler in this parable is identified only as a certain man. Luke uses this phrase in many of his parables, so either a Jew or a Gentile could identify with the man. After the attack, the man is left for dead, naked, and bleeding on the side of the road. A priest comes along, but rather than helping, as one might expect, he moves to the other side of the road. He may have been remembering what is written in Numbers. Those who touch the corpse of any human being will be unclean for seven days. So the priest may have feared that the man was dead did not want to risk touching him and losing his turn of duty in the temple. Another religious person comes along, a Levite who assists in the temple. His reaction is the same as the priest's. 
Both choose to not even find out if the man is alive. Then a third person comes along. A Samaritan came by, saw the victim, approached him, treated his wounds, set him on his ride, took him to an inn and cared for him. The Samaritan had to move on, so he paid the innkeeper to take care of the stricken victim. So what's so remarkable about this? Well, the victim was a Jew. The Samaritan was supposed to be an enemy of Jews. Samaritans and Jews had been hostile to each other for over 700 years. The Samaritan reached across the boundary set by society to help a man who should have been his enemy. The hated enemy is the compassionate neighbor in the parable. Jesus made his point. Jesus has demolished all boundary expectations. It is not social definitions such as class, religion, gender, or ethnicity that determines who is our neighbor. A neighbor is a person who acts with compassion toward another, which should be what we are all striving for. Let me ask, who do we identify ourselves with? We live in a fast-paced, fast-moving, loud society. We can send messages to many people at once in a matter of seconds. We can receive news and make posts as we are walking down the street. Or, using wireless headphones, we can listen to music and no one is the wiser. Many of us are used to this way of life, which leads us to, to losing track of so many things that, that need, that deserve our love and our intention. Are we too busy to stop and love our neighbor? Are we too busy to stop and love our Lord? If you are married, or if you have a really good friend, then you know what it takes to be in a relationship with someone. Two of the most important things you can do to deepen your friendship is to spend time together and to talk with each other frequently. If we do not do these things, then the friendship may drift apart. But this is also true with our relationship with our Lord. We may feel that we really don't have a deep personal relationship with him or that we even know him at all. If we don't know our Lord, then how are we supposed to know who our neighbor is? So 20 years ago, we began Eucharistic adoration here at St. Francis on 14 July, 2002. At that time, there were over 560 parishioners signed up to spend an hour with our Lord. Being in the presence of Jesus is the best way to get to know him. Jesus told his, his apostles just before ascending to the Father, and behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. And Jesus kept his promise. He is here with us in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. He waits for us. He longs for us. So, long page. But today more than ever, prayer before Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament is needed. Pope John Paul II said in a Eucharistic Congress, the surest and the most effective way of establishing, establishing peace on earth is through the great power of perpetual adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. 
The power of the Eucharist to change hearts is documented around the world in places where the Eucharist is adored. Eucharistic adoration is transformative. Every week, I receive texts from people who, while they are in adoration, are asking for my intentions before the Blessed Sacrament. My own ministry as a deacon has been richly blessed by the intercession of those who bring my intentions and prayers before the Lord. So when we spend time with our Lord and place the intention of others, those we love, and even those persons we are not fond of, in his heart at, at adoration, lives are transformed. Just listen to some of these comments and intentions one week after adoration began here in 2002. It gives me time to be with the Lord, giving him my total attention, and this gives me a peaceful heart. Another writes, it's so wonderful to be able to stop by at night. That is when I often feel the most lonely, and I can go down and be with the Lord. I love it when I arrive at St. Francis a few minutes early for a meeting and can then slip in and spend three, five, or ten minutes with the Lord. These are Eucharistic favors, Eucharistic adoration favors uh, that people had sent in. Cancer test came back negative to the doctor's surprise. Praise God. With sincere thanks for relief from medical problems. And there's many, many more over the last 20 years that we could read. So whatever reason brings you into the real presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, rest assured that Jesus does want to meet us there. He wants to be with us. He desires our friendship. So won't you consider taking some time to spend with him? He is waiting for us. I was recently asked a question, well, what do I do during adoration? But anything that, silent prayer. You can read a book. And if you want to, you can stand up and sing a cappella. It's you and Jesus. This is your one-on-one -on -one time with our Lord. Spend it how you want. Listen, talk, whatever, whatever you're being drawn to do. He wants us. He loves us. And he adores us. And he wants to spend time with each and every one of us. Today, after, after Mass, there is a, a chance to tour our new re re newly renovated day chapel. And then there's also a chance to sign up. We're having a celebration over in Murphy Hall that you're invited to with food, drinks, and I'm not sure what else they have over there. But you'll be a, there's a chance to sign up over there also. So please, consider spending some time with our Lord who, who wants to see us and adore us.